Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. I'm Mark Butcher, and today I'm alongside Ashes legend Steve Harmison, former England spinner Gareth Batty, former South African T20 international Alfonso Thomas, and our very own uh, weatherman uh, Andrew McKenna for today's opening fixture. Um, Steve, Alfonso, great to have you here. Um, great to have some uh, cricket this winter. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, how England and South Africa are matching up in what is now very much a live rehearsal for October's World Cup in India. Yeah, good afternoon, Butch, and good afternoon to everybody. I think it's going to be a humdinger, this, because I think, apart from probably Irby de Villiers, who could, could potentially get in the South African side, um, I know Chris Morris is not involved. He played in the IPL, and it doesn't look as though he'll ever get picked again for to the national team. But both sides are going to be at full strength. England have got some interesting... You know, we, we can't agree in, in, the, you know, in the commentary box about what England's best lineup is, how it goes. The one thing I will say about that is I don't think it depletes their team at any point. I think England have got 13 out of the 15 players there at this moment in time who you could just chuck 11 out there and still be very, very strong. So for me, it's going to be great, a great series to, to, to sort of commentate on and one which I'm, I'm so intrigued to see what England's first 11 is going to be when the, uh, when the toss goes up in about 25 minutes' time. Yeah, plenty uh, more on that as, uh, as we get it. Alfonso, welcome along. Your, uh, your debut here on uh, TalkSport 2, uh, native of Cape Town, of course. <laughs> and, uh, you, well, you've got the keys to Somerset as well, I should imagine, after your uh, great exploits down there. Um, how is South Africa shaping up? It's been a tumultuous uh, six or seven months for them. Hi, Butch. Um, yeah, I think um, in terms of the South African side, there's obviously been a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. So I think from Barger's point of view that he's quite happy for just there to be some cricket actually playing. Um, I think from a squad point of view, it's very much they're just going to look to test a few guys. Um, and they would obviously want the likes of Quinto Lecoq and Faf Duplessis to actually go out of senior players and try to, to um, I don't know, just hopefully put some performances together. I think the likes of Lungyangiri, uh, Kahisa Rabada, 
is going to be key for South African bowling attack. Yeah, Gareth, uh, good to have you uh, along as well. Um, you've been furloughed, haven't you? Sorry, County Creek Club. But <laughs> how's, how's that been? Um, and what are you looking forward to seeing matchup-wise in this series? Oh, kick a man, Butch. I ain't got a job. Um, I'm super excited, as always. Um, I, I think it's two absolute crackerjack teams. We had a brilliant time uh, pretty much a year ago today uh, in South Africa. I think there are some huge decisions for England on how they get some of the best players in the world in the positions required for England to win the T20 World Cup in October. I think that's a really difficult one. I think it's a bit easier for South Africa. I think they have sort of their linchpins around their team and squad that have to perform and do well if they're going to succeed and do well in that. But they're looking for a few youngsters to come to the party or a few more unknowns to come to the party to set well, what is a, a three-game series here, but actually set them on the way to World Cup um, victory, I suppose, is what they're thinking about. So I think it would just be an absolutely brilliant game. I mean, it, there's a slight sort of mismatch in terms of preparation here. I mean, England have kind of pioneered the bio-bubble during the course of the summer, playing Pakistan, West Indies, Ireland, Australia. Um, you know, one day as T20s, the lot. Uh, test matches in the main. South Africa have been sort of experimenting with this three-team cricket. I mean, what, what, what's that nonsense, Alfonso? Have you, did you have anything to do with this three teams in one game um, <laughs> scenario that South Africa have been trying to play? I've, I've got absolutely no idea what that... Um, <laughs> You know, that was three charity games, I think, or some sort of charity games that they just... Uh, my, I've got absolutely no clue how they've actually put those teams together, to be okay. honest. OK, but well, look, we're going to have... We've got, we, we've got two teams going, uh, going at it right now. England unbeaten in their last seven T20 series. Um, South Africa haven't won a T20 series since uh, March 2019. So England, perhaps, even though they're away from home, uh, go into this one as favourites. Right, uh, it's very likely, and we're probably going to discuss this in some detail uh, in, in a short while, but it's uh, very likely that Josh Butler will open the batting for England today, and there's plenty of debate about whether that's the right thing to do and what that does to the rest of England's batting order. So we've asked Jared Kimber to take a look at the numbers. The nature of T20 now means that the best batsmen often open. It makes perfect sense to get those players up the top when the ball is hard and the field is up. The problem for national teams is that if that is always the case, the best players don't actually spend much time batting after the 10th over and you can't pick six openers in your national team. There's been a long conversation of where Josh Butler's best position to bat is. But looking at his record in the last three years, that conversation's almost over. As an opener in T20 in that time, he averages 40 while striking at 152. Batting everywhere else, he's averaging 21 with a strike rate of 116. The three years prior to that, he was averaging exactly the same as an opener, but 33 in the middle overs with a strike rate of 147. That's not normal. That's People don't average 33 while striking at almost 150. That's an incredible record. And it's not that he couldn't go back to that. It's whether England want to risk losing what is one of the best openers in the world to see if he can get back to that level. And there aren't that many T20 internationals. And every time Joss Butler gets a new contract with a new team, they're going to want him to open the batting. In the last three years, he's only faced 356 balls when he's not been opening. So he hasn't done it a lot. And some of those skills have actually gone a little bit.
Well, thanks to uh, Jared, as always, uh, crunching the numbers uh, quite beautifully and, and, and throwing up one or two arguments. Uh, Steve, I know we did in the, in the podcast a couple of days ago, we, we discussed at length our feeling as to uh, Butler's best spot. You've gone very much with what the numbers say of late, which is that Josh Butler as an opener is a, an absolute must pick. Um, I, I saw it slightly differently. We'll get the thoughts of Gareth and Alfonso as well. Just outline for, for those who, those strange folk who haven't listened into the podcast as to, to why you think that Joss Butler should be opening the batting for England. Uh, the numbers do suggest that is it, but it's the, the, the best place to bat full stop, I think, in 2020 cricket is one, two or possibly three. Um, ball comes onto the bat, not as many feelers inside the cir- uh, outside the circle. I just think that's where Joss feels more comfortable. And I think we've seen in the test matches, when Joss bats lower down the order or he's, he's taking the gloves, when he has to sort of that little bit more thought into building innings and what's going on, I think that's what he brings his downfall. For me, he's at his best when he's not thinking about too much. He hits the ball and I think he goes out there. And I think, yes, the numbers suggest that, but I think England are better off with Butler at the top of the order. Forget who you've got to choose else to choose from I think from it, at this moment in time because you've got Roy because you've got Bearstone you've got others that can go and do that Stokes would like to do that but I just think my best opener would be Joss Butler so he goes in there and if I have to leave somebody out then I'll do that because I think it's it's the right thing to do with the the middle order point about Butler is for me Morgan can do that job and I think the one thing I do want want to do is I want to have five batsmen in that, in that time to face as many balls as they possibly can rather than somebody like Josh Butler going in at five and number six. Stokes is probably going to find that as well. That only have to face 15 balls, 10, 15 balls. For me, that's not enough in, 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 a, in a game of cricket for their ability. Well, I, I mean, that's a very well put and it matches up with the figures of late. I guess I'll throw it at you, Gareth. Gareth Batty my feeling is is that England have got five or six guys who can all go out there and be equally as as effective in the top one two or three but they haven't got guys who can finish the game off pressure in T20 comes after the 10th over not before it that's why I would have would keep Butler back not necessarily to bat at five but just to be the man to see England home um, in that pressurized situation how do you see it I think first and foremost, we've got to acknowledge that Joss Butler is our best player in the white ball game. He's just a wonderful, wonderful player. And it's how we best use his skill set. So for me, you've got to look at everybody else who are the mere mortals around him. Now, they can possibly do the job at the top of the order that they can't do when the pressure's on and the real difficult skill of whacking 90 miles an hour Yorkers or then 75 mile an hour slower balls with the field out and different positions. He has the ability to be the best in the world at whatever number he bats at. But how many guys over the short period of time that 2020's been around have killed the middle and late overs? Very, very few. You maybe look at a Pollard in the IPL, but not really done it internationally. You look at MS Dorney, who's arguably the best in those roles, but it's very, very difficult. He has numbers to match it up, but very few have the numbers. You talk about a Maxwell's done it every now and again, a Pandya's done it every now and again. There aren't that many guys that can do it, so if you have a guy that can do it, wow, that makes your team so much more effective. He may not like it because he won't get the same plaudits on a daily basis that he will open in the batting. But as a team, ho, ho, he really does put the, uh, the cherry on top of the cake. Certainly. I mean, Alfonso, the franchise cricket, obviously, if you're, gonna, if you're buying Josh Butler in franchise cricket, you just go, well, you bat at the top of the order. We'll, we'll worry about what happens down the end. Is it different in international cricket? Yes and no, I would say. I would, if I was England, I would go to Josh Butler and go, right, okay, where do you want to bet? Where do you want to bet? And I think if you can have that and he goes, listen, 
I want to go up the top because I think I can win games for England. They do bats up top. Mm. I, I guess if you asked all of them where would you want to bat, they'd all say <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. I mean, this is the point, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. know, you have 20 overs, you have a little bit of time, you also have the field up inside the circle. It isn't as difficult. I mean, it's, it's so much easier batting at one and two than it is, um, you know, when the game's on the line with 10 overs to go. That's why the guys who can do it are like gold dust. And plus, to throw in that butch, form is a massive thing in that particular rule confidence that goes with it and that's all 2020 cricket really so actually we're talking about uh, do we need to be looking at the guys who are in supreme form at the minute that actually get put into the slots which if it is then it's got to be Stokes and Butler who go up top um, and it's a really difficult proposition 2020 is the hardest I believe form of the game to get the balance of what you require 1 to 11 right because you have less time than any other form of the game you don't have 9-12 balls where you can just see how it's going to pan out you have to take the ball by the horns and that is why Joss Butler the best in the world at batting at 5 and 6 in those really really difficult overs is the, is the difference between England winning a T20 and maybe not tournament play as well I mean again this what we're talking about is a bilateral series at the moment does um, winning a, a world T20 over the course of lots of different opposition lots of different um, conditions does that change anything for you Steve or are you just standing by your guns Butler at the top everybody else can, can sort it out amongst themselves yeah I'm going Butler at the top because I think in tournament play in T20 in, in India I think in, in India Butler's better off at the top I, I do believe that when the ball's at its best and at its hardest I want the most clean hitters to go out there and go out there first and that's going to happen I think throwing something else into the melting pot here Butch is we've got three T20 internationals playing now England come home after this series the one day series finishes this this series is so important for Owen Morgan and getting his ducks in the row in the right order for the simple fact is come series in England and potentially in India and Sri Lanka England's best T20 side might not be playing because of guys having a rest, guys, you know, are being being sort of pushed into different biosecure bubbles if COVID's still going. So we've got to look that to, to having that. This has got to be in these three games tournament play. This is how we are going to set up. You are going to go in first. You are going to bowl at this time. You are going to bowl at that time. You are going to bat these passages for the simple fact. When we get to October, I don't. We potentially might not have this pool of players. To go at to go at throughout the summer, so I think that's why England have got to get this right selection at the start and on how they're going to perform, what roles people are going to play, because we might not get a full strength side again either in India when we go in February March or in the summer when we play because we potentially could be in different bubbles like we were last summer. So that's why this series is so important. Okay, compelling uh, arguments all. Um, stick around here on uh, TalkSport 2 because the other side of this break, we'll hear from Darren Goff. South Africa versus England, live on TalkSport 2 with Sky Sports. Feel it all and watch every England test ODI and T20 live and exclusive on the dedicated Sky Sports Cricket Channel. We're outside the power play now, and that one is driven, swatted down the ground for six. Wow, Johnny Bairstow, six runs over long off. Some rhythmical approach, and he's flicked for six, nonchalantly onto the grass banks. Brilliant from Johnny Bairstow. What an effortless little pick-up flick for six. Shamsi, left arm over, gives it a bit of air. Johnny Bairstow gives it more air. He wanted six in the last one. He's got six from this one. 
You're listening to TalkSport 2's coverage of the first T20 between South Africa and England at Cape Town. And we are about 15 minutes away from the toss. Goffey will be joining us soon. But uh, from that legendary Yorkshireman to uh, another, let's hear what happened when he caught up recently with Johnny Bairstow. the million dollar question isn't it I think that that's something that changes um, over a period of time when you're talking about where's your ideal place I mean your ideal place is um, where you've scored the most runs where you've contributed the most where you've affected the game the most so as, a, as I say that's that's not in, in my hands currently I, I'm sure you can appreciate that that's difficult for me to answer I'll let yeah. you uh, when I've when I've hung up the call, you can you can discuss that, Goffey. <laughs> Don't worry, we I'm will not... discuss it. You're in an ongoing you're you're an ongoing discussion, Johnny Bairstow, whether it be Test cricket or One Day Internationals or T20. So um, we know in One Day cricket and T20 cricket, England are absolutely an amazing team. They've got so much strength in depth. We've seen players coming back who have not been in the squad for many many years. We've seen a player in Milan who's ranked really high up in the rankings. I think he's ranked one, isn't it, Johnny? And it might, he might struggle to get into the starting eleven. It must be great when you have actually got that competition within to get a place in the starting eleven. Yeah, and I think that's a very fortunate place to be in. We're talking about England in a, um, a white ball team. Uh, the, I mean, you've got like Wokesy Rooty that are not in the T20 squad currently but they're integral parts of the ODI uh, team. So now pick the bones out of that. <laughs> pick the bones <laughs> out of that. Um, it's, uh, it's amazing. Um, and yeah, each day when you're at training, you're watching people and you go, oh, that's good. Or someone might be watching you and they're going, geez, how do you do that? Or, and continuously developing and learning off each other is, is a huge bit of it. And the likes of Tom Banton going across to work with Baz McCullum at KKR, with Morgs, with Pat Cummins, with Andre Russell. It's, it's surely going to help England in the next six weeks, six months, six years. I think it, it works both ways though, Johnny. I really do because what happens is back in our day, and I go back up to our day, it was almost like it was a surprise when you played against the opposition. You didn't quite know their game. You can look at videos you might see a weakness and you can work on it. But with you guys now traveling all around the world in those dressing rooms with mixed people from different countries, you all work out each other's weaknesses well, don't you? I love that. You're back in our day. <laughs> <laughs> always ask. Hey, it yeah. will always come out of the bag. <laughs> hey, back in our day, we did this. Yeah, of course. But that's where you're ever evolving your game. So a perceived weakness might actually, from their side of things that you may have seen in the nets, mm. might actually be a strength of yours that you've had over a period of time. Um, I'm sure you'd have been setting people up left, right and centre. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about him here. Boom. Thank you. I'd have been writing it all down, Johnny, but don't worry. It'd have been in my cricket case for future reference. All right, just on to the series quickly. I mean, Johnny, I mean, it's T20. It's a massive, massive couple of years for you boys. And there's some serious pace on show, isn't there, in two sides? I mean, whether it be England with Archer Wood and Ollie Stone and South Africa with Nokia and, and Rabada and Ngidi, there's some pace in the two teams, isn't there? 
I wish you were out here, Coffee. It'd have been class to hear you. Come on, man, Nick. That's, that's quick. <laughs> um, yeah, there, uh, there really is. Um, and it's not very much fun facing them in the net, just to be really honest with you, Goffey. Darren Goff there with uh, Johnny Best. And I'm pleased to say that uh, Goffey's joining us uh, on the line here. Darren, good to hear from you. Um, Johnny Bairstow seemed to be in, in good form, good spirits. Um, he cut a little, little bit of a, a lonely figure on the, the tour of South Africa all the way back in sort of January, February, March last year. Um, I guess he's jumping out of his skin to get back into an England shirt again. He is, Butch. Um, how are you doing, guys? Anyway, nice to yeah. speak to you. Good, good um, to hear you. Um, I'm, I'm watching a bit of South African golf as, as we uh, chatted at this moment in time. You just so, relax. Yeah, I am doing. But on, on the cricket, you know, Johnny Bairstow, um, it's a strange one, isn't it, with Johnny? Because I think he's done well um, in spells uh, when he's played for England in the right order where he wants to bat. That's at seven. I think that's quite obvious. Um, he's batting everywhere else from uh, one to six. But seven's his preferred spot. Um, I believe we're talking test matches here. Yeah, test matches, yeah, yeah. and now we're talking in uh, the games we're going into now with a one-day cricket, and it looks like he's going to be moved. He could be moved around in the order again, and I think there's a serious frustration there from Johnny. I think he wants to open the batting. He believes that's his best position. I think his numbers stack up. I think he's a very dangerous player at the top of the order. I think he plays pace well. The only problem against pace is we, we've seen on many occasions in all forms of the game. With, with the real elite quicks, the real quicks, he gets done through the gate so many times. Done, He gets done for pace, his feet don't really come forward and he gets bowled a lot. So whether that's a concern for England and the fit feelers or they need to get a change. And he also can smash the spin. He sweeps really, really well. He hits both sides of the wicket. And there's no concern about him getting in the side for me, but it's I still think we, we're missing a trick by him not opening the batting. Look yeah. how well he did in the World Cup with those back-to-back hundreds. And, and I guess also... You know, his record with uh, David Warner at the top of the order for the Sunrisers in the IPL is sensational. They absolutely love him um, there in India. I guess the, the, the chat or the, the talk may well be, Joss Butler, is he going to open, is he not? I think he's opening, regardless of whatever the merits of, of mm. that are or otherwise. Um, I think he will open in the World Cup. So it, it basically comes down to who walks out there with him. Now, Jason Roy's record, he averages, what, 24, just a little bit under 25 with a strike rate of 147. And Johnny Bairstow averages a bit, just a bit above 26 with an, with an average of 137. It kind of looks as though it's those two guys fighting uh, for the position of, of walking out to open the batting for England with Joss Butler. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's obvious, but they want Butler to open the batting. I think uh, they made that quite clear um, as we go along. I'm, I'm still surprised he doesn't open um, uh, for Rajasthan in the IPL and they put Stokes up there, didn't they? That's his best position. But for England, you can go through that batting lineup and they all could open, couldn't they? Butler, Roy, uh, Milan, Bairstow, Stokes, uh, Billings. They could all open the batting. Uh, fielders are up. They've all got power hits. They're all good players. They're all good round players against seam and, and spin. So you can go anywhere. It's just who's the chosen one. And, and Joss um, is an unbelievable one-day player, an unbelievable T20 player. And they want him to be in as many overs as he possibly can be. So they're going to open him. And then it is between Roy and Bairstow. The thing with Roy, what only separates that from Bairstow is but Roy seems to play the same way no matter what. No matter if he's failed three games in a row, he'll still come out in that fourth game and play exactly the same way. Um, he'll just look to attack. The thing with Johnny, I think things do get inside his head. 
he does start to worry about his place in the side. And I'm not saying he hasn't got reason uh, to worry about his yeah, place I, in the I was side as well. say he has reason, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. because he's the, he's, the, he's the first one to turn to and drop, isn't he? And he's lost his test contract now. But I think Johnny is a little bit more careful when he's going to uh, run a bad form or a run of bad scores, where Roy, no matter what, will just come in and play exactly the same way. And I think that's why they'll probably go with Roy uh, at this moment in time. We've, uh, sorry, Steve, we've got uh, a, a toss has occurred here. Owen Morgan um, has flipped the coin up and have won, has won the toss and uh, will bowl first. I don't think there's any surprise there. The, uh, the stats say that chasing is very much the uh, key to success playing at Newlands. This year in the IPL, the leading wicket-taker was Kangisa Rabada with 30. At number four on the list was Unric Norkia with 22, and at number seven was Jofra Archer with 20. When I say it like that, it makes it seem like Rabada and Norkia have Archer covered in this series. But while both are wonderful bowlers, there is a difference to when Archer gets his wickets. It means that sometimes they're actually worth more. He gets them earlier, in the power player, when a wicket is actually worth a lot more on the expected total. The more wickets you get early on, obviously the better in every format of cricket, but certainly that has been the case in T20 cricket. In the last two years, Archer has been averaging 23 in the power play, which is obscene. Rabada is at 36 and Nokia is at 39. They get the majority of their wickets at the death, which is handy, but it's not deadly. Archer has an equal share of his wickets all the way through from the beginning, the middle and the end. And that's not to say that Rabada can't get wickets at the top, but just perhaps that he hasn't aimed his game at that, whereas Archer is the ideal T20 strike bowler because he gets his wickets at the top, in the middle, and at the end. More statistical gold from uh, Jared Kimber. Um, Steve Harmison and Gareth Batty are still with me. England uh, will be bowling first. Um, those stats on Joffre Archer and the wickets in the power play, Steve, that's that's pretty much where the, where the game is won and lost. We talk about how important Butler might be at the top of the order, but taking wickets in that first six is absolute gold. Yeah, and I think that's why I had a, had a punted for Mark Wood as well, because of if you look at this South African side, I know we're looking at further down the line in tournament player, but look at this South African side. You knock Quentin de Kock over, who has been phenomenal in franchise cricket, has won multiple titles of the IPL for the Mumbai Indians. If you can get the ball moving in that first four overs and you can knock over Quentin de Kock, that's the difference potentially between 20, 15 and 20 runs. That wins T20 national matches. So that's why I was surprised that Wood hasn't played. But you're right, Archer's ability to get wickets in the power play is is brilliant is fantastic and he's a bit different to Kagisa Rabada because Kagisa Rabada it'll be actually no I'm going to be intrigued to see how Quentin de Kock uses Kagisa Rabada because for the Delhi Capitals Rabada ball one in the middle one in the power player one in the middle and two at the end so he wasn't really used as this big power player bowler 90 mile an hour trying to knock them over he was used in a bit of a different way whether South Africa use him in a different way to try and go hard in the power play to knock over a Butler a Roy and then a, a Bairstow or Milan that comes in so he, Rabada might have a decent different role but Jofra Archer wow what a uh, IPL he had 
and it'll, it'll be great to see him back in uh, and see how he goes in England colours because there's been a difference in Jofra Archer to the has been to the franchise Jofra Archer. Yeah, Archer didn't play in the T20 series uh, back in South Africa um, back in March, so it's been a little while since he's uh, played T20 for England, but he's no doubt was dynamite in the IPL. Um, no Mark Wood, but you'll be pleased uh, as a Surrey captain, even Surrey standing captain, that uh, Tom Curran gets a go. What, what does he bring? I think it's both Currens, actually. Uh, I think Sam, at the top of the uh, game, I think he'll look to swing the ball, which could be the undoing of uh, Quinton de Kock. He doesn't like the ball zipping around, and with that left arm um, action, it can just go in towards the stumps with no swing and then challenge the outside edge with a little bit of swing, and we know that left arms are very, very, very important in 2020 cricket, so England are looking at that with Topley being in the squad. Uh, but Tom Curran has travelled the world, learning his, his craft, um, he can bowl pretty much any stage of the game. But generally, as a rule, he bowls in the first six and bowls in the last four, which are the hardest overs to bowl you for. And he comes through more often than not with flying colours. You've got to want to be Roy of the Rovers to bowl in those uh, sort of periods of the game. They are the hardest. Then you will take some knocks. So somebody's going to get you at some point. So that ob obviously flips on with Archer, wonderful. Um, but I think Tom Curran compliments him he's not quite as tall he's not quite as quick but he's more subtle with his skills he can swing a newish ball he can fall it off the seam and then we've all seen how good he is at changing up his pace knowing when to ball Yorkers knowing when to ball that back of the hand slower ball it's a, a very difficult proposition the role that he gets handed Gareth spin England have only opted for one and that's Adil Rashid his uh, 50th cap um, and he just continues to go from strength to strength. He gets better with age. He does, and I think most spinners do. And I think the reason for that is you understand, one, what you can do, but you analyse batsmen a bit better, and you shut down areas of the, of the field to get hit. The best thing about Adil Rashid is he takes wickets and generally gets good players out, spins the ball both ways. The disappointing thing for me on a spin front is going into the World Cup, Steve's talked about tournament play, we need Moen to be playing a bit more. We need him getting... A few more overs under his belt. I know it doesn't always um, suit playing in South Africa with two spinners, but I think we've seen the South Africans take a punt and say, oh, it's a little bit dry. Let's get him in there. Let's see. I'd like to see Moen bowling a little bit more because his batting, his, his strike rate is phenomenal batting in those middle overs. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's higher than anybody else in the England team. Does his sort of lack of form or, or perhaps even it's more a lack of confidence um, worry you a little bit? Are England sort of losing a bit of faith in Moen's ability with the ball or is that just... You know, is that just a bit of talk that's that's bumbling around because he hasn't been seen very much in, of late? I think one, they're not seen, um, is, is not ideal. But I think it's the way he's used sometimes. We've seen him in the last, and I'm talking off the top of my head without the actual stats, in his last, say, five or six games, he's bowled the first over or second over and then not featured again. That's a worrying sign for any player that you're sort of given the one over and then not come back. Um, it, you know, an amount of, of cajoling your spinners along and keeping them enthused about how they are bowling is to give them a little bit more responsibility, get them in the game, make them feel, um, you know, top of the tree and really important. And we forget about that. We spin, we're, we're interesting creatures. We need a little bit of a tap on the back. Whereas the big fast lads, you can bowl 90 mile an hour and hit somebody on the head. You've always got that in your armory. We don't have that. We need a little bit of help from the captain and the rest of the team. Uh, that's why you're uh, such a such a delight on the on the field, is it? Then, Gaz, there's your uh, there's your excuse. Okay, we're going to take a, a short break now. Just a reminder that England have won the toss and uh, will bowl first in the first of three T20 internationals against South Africa. Don't go away. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, and I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. South Africa versus England live on TalkSport 2 with Sky Sports. Feel it all and watch every England test, ODI and T20 live and exclusive on the dedicated Sky Sports Cricket Channel. Right, it's been uh, pretty Horrid winter for South African cricket. The, uh, the board's resigned. The sports minister has had to impose an interim structure and they've even had uh, all kinds of problems over Black Lives Matter. To knee or not to knee, that is the question. Uh, and with all of the answers to that and more, we'll go to uh, Gareth Batty, Alfonso Thomas and for the first time, Andrew McKenna. Thank you very much, Butch. Yes, players out in the middle. No knees taken on this occasion. They decided they had the decision was made by the team by South Africa and they elected not to take a knee and issued a statement some 840 odd words long explaining their reasons why. Well, they've made their decision and the all important thing now is playing cricket. The England team 
are in the field, and as uh, Butch has mentioned, they have won the toss, and to do so, the numbers, as he said, uh, batting second at Newlands in T20 games is the thing to do, and in day-night games, definitely so. Ten games have been played, the team chasing have won seven of them, so the numbers support that, and it will be... Temba Vavuma and Quinton de Kock opening the uh, innings up for South Africa. De Kock, of course, the skipper, yeah. averaging 31.4 in this form of the game. Temba Vavuma, 59.8, although only from five games. High score of 49. It is going to be Sam Curran with the ball for the first over. And uh, we're just uh, getting everything in place. Umpires Adrian Holdstock and Alahuddin Pelika are the uh, men in charge. And it is going to be Sam Curran who is going to run away from the broadcast end, bowling left arm over the wicket, slip in place. Point, cover, mid-off, mid-on, short mid-wicket and short final leg. Here we go then for the first ball of the series. Sam Curran is in and it's just back of a good length and Bavuma is riding the bounce on this one round about chest high and dropping it in on the onside and there is no run we are underway Gareth Batty we certainly are Maka a little bit of swing there from Sammy Curran which uh, looking at the St George's flag on the massive stand behind us it's blowing the opposite way to the way he's wanting to swing it back into tender Bavuma but we saw a bit of swing there so it's a nice start for him and Curran will come in to complete the first Bavuma goes across his stumps he's feathered it through and it's gone through to the wicket keeper Josh Butler and the first wicket is down Bavuma has gone so far outside of off stump he's worked it over his own shoulder and has been caught pretty much straight behind the stumps by Joss Butler. One over is in the book. South Africa, a six for one, and Bavuma is heading back. Great piece of ball in this from Sankaram. Uh, Bavuma moved very early, went across to the offside, outside the stumps, showing Sankaram all three. And what Sankaram's actually done, he's pulled his fingers down the side of the ball to do like an off-cutter, which is going away from Bavuma. So negating that angle he's tried to create. And as it's going through, it's a slower ball. He's, he's trying to get the pace on the ball to catch it up, couldn't manage it, hits the splice of the bat and only just carries to Joss Butler. Chris Jordan is in at first lick with Ben Stokes going to second. Quentin Decott though is not hitting it in that direction, he's got underneath this, puts it out over square leg and it goes all the way for six, the first maximum of the game and Quentin Decock it was, spotted the, uh, the slower ball and got up and underneath that and gave it air traffic control clearance. It's all the way over the uh, boundary. It was almost effortless in its execution. It's a beautiful, beautiful cricket shot. And Quentin de Kock has a, the first maximum of the game. That's a fantastic shot. And I think that's exactly the area where you do not want to be bowling to Quentin de Kock. You want to try and stay away from his pads for as much as you can. And I think he's going to hurt you all day long there if you're going to keep bowling that line too. Slower ball. Fab Duplessis has got hold of this one. It's out onto the leg side. Shot. It's into the building site. And it goes over uh, a wide long on for uh, six. And that is going to come back with all sorts of sand and mud all over it. As we remember from the, uh, the test matches and the uh, one-day internationals in February and March, they're uh, building new offices for the University of Cape Town. And some student is going to get themselves a souvenir at some point, because <laughs> that is an absolute corker of a shot. Sam go. Curran coming back for uh, this one. His second outside of Austin. Oh, my goodness, Quentin Nicox almost Ooh. killed Fafnu for C. He's absolutely laced it back. And the former kit skipper is lying flat on the back 
because he had to get out of the way on that one. It has gone for four. Quentin de Kock's not even looking at his mate. He's just tapping around, uh, patting down the uh, ground, and just getting ready for the next delivery. What a start to this over. Morgan winning the toss and inserting Quentin de Kock's men as Jordan is around the wicket. This time it's at extra cover. Owen Morgan takes the catch, and that is a huge breakthrough. Chris Jordan is perhaps the leader of uh, England's attack in T20 internationals. He's been brought in to make that breakthrough. De Kock has gone, and that is a very, very significant blow as far as England are concerned. Oh, Morgan's look to his experienced bowlers, experienced bowlers in Adil Rashid, 50th one day, uh, 2020 international. Chris Jordan is 53rd. In the last two overs, three overs, England have really, really put the squeeze, not only on the South Africans, but on the South African captain. Rashid got him, got De Kock to sweep in the last in the last over. He wasn't sure about how to play Rashid. Boundaries seem to be drying up. And fair play to Chris Jordan because Chris Jordan, the length he's just bowled, back of a length, he's been bowling sort of slower balls into the pitch. This time he's got around a wicket and he's bowled it hard into the pitch, 84 mile an hour, around about hip high, and it's it's just caught Quentin De Kock on the hop a little bit. Archer in close to uh, the stumps, dragged this one wide a little bit. And, De Plessis has played an absolutely glorious back foot drive that has uh, Johnny Bairstow diving away to his right and uh, they scamper back for a third. De Plessis goes to 50-52 uh, from just 34 deliveries for the uh, former South African Test captain. 95 for two. And uh, he looks in magnificent form, Gareth Batty. Yeah, the one thing you would say about Duplessis, and he's not done yet, he looks in superior form. The one thing you would say, he looks very upright at the crease, his head looks level, he's hitting the ball both sides of the wicket. For me, that's the key marker for him. Sometimes it can be a little bit crabby and just get leg side, but the way he's standing up so tall and beautifully straight, getting the ball at the top of the bounce through the offside shows he's in wonderful nick. Rashid is in once again to Van der Dussen. Bit of air. Van der Dussen goes into the uh, leg side. Has he gone over the leg side? Yes, just. Johnny Bairstow was there out on the uh, mid-wicket boundary, but Van der Dussen had enough to clear him by about three metres. It brings up six and brings up the South African 100 at the same time. 102 for two, two balls into the 13th over here on TalkSport 2. Yeah, I'm sure Rassi van der Dusen is saying, I picked the wrong one there, I'm sweeping him again. It's up and into a short boundary. It's only 62 metres out there at Deep Square Leg. This is outside of off stump, so he punches into the offside. Jordan will come off the cover sweeper, and it'll be just a single, 103 for two. Current around the wickets. It's uh, van der Dussen pushing up on the uh, onside. Two, two mid on, but Sam Curran will have to go and do the fielding because his brother Tom is at long on. So uh, Sam Curran will have to go and do the fielding. Does do the fielding, so it's just a single, 110 for two. A random stat for you there, he's not the only professional cricketer ever to have taken up bird, wa bird watching. A chap that played for Nottinghamshire and Worcester and uh, Yorkshire called Richard Stemp, I believe, was uh, a big bird watcher. The lefty spinner. He was in the cricketers' who's who. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but he, he's talking about... It gives him basically something to do during lockdown rather than sit and watch films. Oh, Fatou Duplessis has got under one from Sam Curran here. He was taking it out on the leg side and will be caught by Chris Jordan out on the boundary. Massive breakthrough for England. Sam Curran 
gets his IPL teammate. Faf Duplessis holds out on the leg side boundary. He goes for 58 from 40 balls. South Africa 110 for three in the 14th. He's done it again. It's golden arm Sam Curran. He's following on from his brilliant IPL performances. He's around the wicket trying to cramp that leg side with the extra angle. This time it's not the cutter. He's actually using that angle to generate the ball in and around, keeping it tight on the batter's uh, eye line so he can't get the leverage up and over that leg side. It hits high on the bat, up into the night sky, and a very, very simple catch for Chris Jordan. He was never dropping that. He's got a wonderful pair of hands, but a brilliant, brilliant piece of bowling from Sam Curran. His new friend, Faf Duplessis, is off. What a fine innings it was from him. Played quite magnificently and set South Africa up with what should be a, a pretty formidable total. Jordan uh, goes in and bowls this one, and that one is a short ball, but it's not called as wide. It's just called as the, uh, the one for the over. So uh, that one was all right. He's the conundrum that is Sam Curran. Where do you put him? Where do you play him? And what is his, what is his game? Where does he, does he bat in the top six? Does he, you know, is he a frontline bowler? Does he come in under the all-rounder? The one thing about him, when he does play, he never lets him down, like Alfonso says. Jordan in. Van der Dussen clips this into the uh, leg side. He's got a lot of air under it. He's got more than enough air underneath this. Johnny Bairstow is just an interested spectator as that goes all the way to the boundary and clears it for six. Van der Dussen goes to 35. It's 1-5-6 for four here on TalkSport 2. Rabada is through his first over. Just the two runs from it. England three for one from two. The big question, will Lynn bowl another one? I'd certainly throw him the ball again. It was a wonderful first over. Would that have been the plan had he have not got the wicket? So whether that is going to scramble the cock and whether he keeps him on would be a massive feather in the cap to the young fella if he, get, if he goes again. Big Steve Harmison at the back of the, our position is suggesting that they go nasty fasty and get a bit more pace in, uh, in the equation. He's seen enough from Rabada's first over to think it's worth uh, the big fellas coming into action. Well, I mean, uh, the interesting thing for me is, is with, with England having basically wasted two overs, it's like an 18 over run chase now. That you, if you give Lind another go, the England batsman, Butler and Milan are going to have to go after him a little bit. There's no pace. You can't just run the ball off the face and get yourself going. You've got to make the running against the spinner. Can England afford to have another cheap over from the left-arm spinner? I'd keep him on for one. That'd, that'd be my gamble here as a captain. So if I go Betty the captain, what's Betty the captain doing now? Betty the captain is watching Quinton de Kock marshal his troops and I'm going Hendricks. Buren <laughs> <laughs> Hendricks it is. Uh, left arm quick. Hendricks, who took five for against England at the Wanderers back in uh, February, is cut away square by Joss Butler. Well, Jordan had a tough IPL. Kings 11 Punjab were very hit and miss. They started off horribly, then found some form, but ran out of gas towards the end of the tournament. And Jordan was sort of in and out a little bit. He's coming in and bowling. Uh, Van der Dussen has had a huge swing across the line. He's gone down the leg side and has given wide by Alhudin Pelika, but um, it was, seemed to be a slower ball that actually gripped a little bit then, so it's, it's one of those that feels really harsh on the bowler, but he's got to go back and bowl it again, 117 for three. Yeah, the, the umpire may have looked at where he bowled it on the crease, he certainly wasn't in tight to the stumps, uh, he was a little bit wider, so the natural angle maybe is taking it a fraction down the leg side, so it could be good umpiring or it could just be incredibly harsh. 
Jordan is in. That's not a harsh one. That is speared down leg side, and he's going to have to go and bowl that one again. That is a wide. So we can have ourselves an eight ball over. 118 for three. We're in the 15th. South Africa going up just a shade under eight and a quarter. The positive for Chris Jordan today is his speeds have been up. When he's bowled his pace on ball, it's been in that 87 region. You know he's in good rhythm, in good form, and he's creeping up to the late 80s. He's hit the back quite nicely. The cries of the, uh, the fielders and the backroom staff, you can hear it, because there's no crowd in, of course. Chris Jordan in. Dug in outside of uh, Ofstum. Gets to Van der Dussen, roundabout waist height outside of off stump, and he carves it out to Sam Curran on the uh, cover sweeper for a single. I reckon South African cricket is going to be in these bio bubbles for, well, a good six months uh, at this rate is what the uh, the talk is. Of course, England had it all of last summer. It's a long old situation, unfortunately. Let's just hope it all improves. Jordan outside of off stump. Class and carves this through backward points. There is a fielder coming around. Sam Curran, though, just had about three yards too much to try and make up going away to his left-hand side. And it goes through wide third man for uh, a four for Classen. Uh, Jordan just hanging a little bit too wide on that occasion. Classen opening the uh, face of the blade and gets the boundary four. Yeah, you can see what Jordan's trying to do. He's trying to take the leg side out of the equation because the guys, with it being a slower pitch, are trying to get a little bit offside and, and really pummel it into that vacant mid-wicket area, but just a bit too wide on this occasion. Fifth ball of the over. Klassen is jumping and punching this one into the offside. That is an incredible shot. He's timed it so well. Sam Curran will have to come round from the, uh, the cover sweeper, and they've taken three there. You probably haven't seen a harder hit ball today than that. Klassen will be the uh, the man on strike. Owen Morgan is just just having a final chat with um, Sam Curran, and now Curran will make his way in past the umpire, yeah. and he's uh, got a little Come feather on. on this one. And Sam Curran has a three for Klassen. Got a short ball, tried to pull it through uh, mid wicket, got the tickle on, and it goes through to uh, Joss Butler. Fourth wicket goes down, 147 for four, 17 overs completed. Klassen goes for 20. And it's another one, and it's Sam Curran's day. It was almost off the toe end of the bat, but it doesn't say that in the scorebook. It does, but I want to see this again. I think this could be. It, it, could he get no ball for this? That was high. That's over the top of the, the, the batsman's head, in, in my opinion. But I think he's going to get. I think he's going to get away with it. I don't think the umpire is going to bring him back. But it was a fantastic bit of bowling, and like Alfonso said there before, with that man going on the leg side, it gives him more freedom to either bowl that wide Yorker if need be because he's got his man out on the deep offside boundary but he can also go a bit straighter and bowl that bit shorter because he's got a fine leg and a deep square in position so he can be more flexible in the areas he bowled he's got a chance to bowl bouncer or to bowl the full ball and it worked for him he's bowled fantastically well I think in this for me in this inning Sam Curran he's got three for 28 off his four overs um, and he's justified his selection for me and it shows that when you come into a series with a bit of form and a bit of confidence you know you roll in no matter who you play for especially when you've got a game plan that's working fair play to the young man he's done well and he's uh, he's bowled a very very good four over set three for uh, 28 a bit of a, a delay as uh, Quinted de Kock is uh, ushering away some of the uh, some of the geese I think some of the yeah the wild geese that uh, we see at Cape Town as Rabada is in scuttling through the crease and Milan times it again this time he pierces the field on the offside and uh, he is uh, all of a sudden 
found his timing and uh, has found the boundary in consecutive deliveries. It's a high class shot, that high class shot on the up through extra cover. Just beats Faf Duplessis on his left hand side. Fantastic shot. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, Rabat has done a lot wrong there. That's top of off stump, decent length, good pace on the ball. David Milan, very fine shot. Current around the wicket, goes with a slower ball, and that beats well. Linda's. Uh, Swish into the uh, leg side, goes uh, through to uh, Butler. No run. Final ball of the innings about to come up. 179 for five. Yeah, I do think it's a day that Tom Curran would like to forget. You know, it's okay. it's certainly not been his day, but that happens as a bowler. That happens as a bowler, and yeah. uh, I'm sure we've all been there before. Perfect. And he certainly got the temperament to bounce back. So here we go then. Final ball of the innings for South Africa. They were put into bat. Curran goes in and balls him, an absolute beauty, base of off stump, and he turns around and shakes his head and thinks to himself, why didn't I do that a few more times this over? Well, South Africa finish, 1-7-9 for six. Tom Curran turns around, a couple of fist bumps with his teammates. Nice way to finish the innings. Full base of uh, off stump, bails come off, stumps and bails start flashing, and Tom Curran will walk off the pitch feeling slightly better about himself but England have definitely given themselves a chance in this one 180 will be the target 179 for six is what South Africa have posted in this first T20 international Bottom edge, De Kock takes the catch, and it is Jason Roy that will head back. Second delivery of the innings, and he departs with a rueful smile on his face. It was an ugly swipe, really, uh, all told. And uh, England are one down without score on the board. Gareth Batty. What a debut start from Lind. His second ball. He gets a little bit wide on the stumps, but he gets a bit of spin. That ends up being the undoing of Jason Roy. He tried to stay leg side of it to give himself some room, but that bit of spin just takes it too far away from the, the eyes of Jason Roy, and he gets an under edge. Good catch from the cock, smart bit of keeping under edge. Never easy. What a start from the young man on debut. 18 from 17, but the seven from five. And it's Lungi and Gidi into the attack for the first time, and he bowls a wild, wide delivery down the leg side at Joss Butler. That's not a great start. That's not a great start. Ngidi, first ball, down legs, and I could have said something worse there. Hey, fast bowlers, <laughs> one of them's kicking the floor, other one's looking at his fingers. What, did he lose his feet and him lose his fingers? First ball, it's got to be your best ball, get on it. Uh, Captain Betty, there you go. <laughs> it's never a lot, it's always batsmen versus bowlers, but the bowlers will always turn on each other first. As Ngidi goes in, and Butler has skewed this one up in the air. And he's gone. He's gone. Lungi Ngidi has got on it. It was second ball, but it will do for South Africa and it will do for him. And it's done for Joss Butler. Him at the top of the order. All of the talk was about the uh, impact that he could make with more balls to face. In truth, he's hardly faced any. It was only his sixth delivery of the innings. And it has proven to be his downfall. Butler's on his way for seven. And uh, South Africa are very, very pleased to see the back of him. And he doesn't look a happy, he doesn't look a happy camper at all. I, I, I don't know whether it's 
the fact that he's only faced six balls out of four, 4.1 overs. But he certainly does not look a happy camper walking off there. It's not often you see Joss Butler show emotion. Generally cool, collected, calm. He's not had an outburst, but um, certainly and that's not showing his normal calmness. Change of the field from uh, Quentin de Kock. You're listening to our coverage of England versus South Africa on TalkSport 2. If you're out and about, the best way to make sure you don't miss a moment is by downloading the uh, free TalkSport app. You can swipe between both TalkSport and TalkSport 2 on the app. Oh, it's in the air and it's gone. Lind has another. It's uh, Dawid Milan who uh, sweeps, was unable to control the sweep shot. Kagiso Rabada diving forward at uh, square leg, just in front of square leg, in front of the, inside the circle, has uh, dived forward. And that is the end of uh, the innings of Dawid Milan. South Africa have three inside the power plate. And at the moment are all over England like a cheap soup. Yeah, absolutely, Butch, and it is, uh, again, a little bit of muddled thinking from, from Milan. I thought Milan helped bring the, the downfall of, of Joss Butler indirectly because Joss not being able to get on strike, and I think there Milan, you know, he's gone, tried the ball down the ground first ball, gone to the what you would see as a sweep shot, a left-hander's yeah, out shot against the spin, um, and he's completely messed it up, and he's picked out, you know, Kigisa Rabada, who was it square leg? Johnny Besto makes his way out to the middle, finds himself in unfamiliar territory in T20 internationals for England, batting at, uh, at number four. England 27 for two now, still 1.5 uh, deliveries left, 11 deliveries left in the power plate. And uh, South Africa, you have to say, a ride on top, Gareth Batty. This is the moment where I think it's really difficult for Johnny Bairstow coming in, which we're squeezing top order, top one-two players. He's, he's in such an unfamiliar position. What does he do now? Milan is on strike. He tries to glide uh, Ngidi down to third man. And again, uh, the ball flies through to Quentin de Kock. It's a dot ball. Milan is... Uh, 18 from 18 now and you're absolutely right you have to uh, to think well Johnny Bairstow now has to walk out to the middle as we watch a replay of uh, Joss Butler's dismissal an ugly hack really taken by extra cover running back outside of the, uh, the 30 yard circle and smiles all around from South Africa again tight to, to Milan's off stump and he has to hurry here that was close. <laughs> I think a direct hit. I think Johnny Bairstow's in trouble. It was just nudged to a backward point, and, and I do think Johnny Bairstow would have certainly been short if that was a direct hit. So just to cover off the point, there's nine Middle balls base. of the power play left. Johnny Bester would have played all his games. So if you take domestic and everything, probably over 100, 120, 130 games. Never been in this situation before. And he's doing it for England. It's crazy. No, I, I think I have to agree with you there. I just think he's m definitely more dangerous opening the batting. Indeed, yep. to... Uh, Johnny Bairstow. That's a shot. Oh, he's just played that beautifully. He allowed the ball to come onto him and opened the face. Third man was up inside the circle, which is bizarre, really, I think, in terms of uh, 
a field to a batsman on his first ball to a bowler of the pace of Lungi and Gidi. But uh, Johnny Bairstow doesn't mind. He just glides it down into that vacant third man position and picks up a boundary first ball. Well, perhaps he knows exactly what's going on batting at number four because he's away. Six for three, Stokes and Bairstow, both in single figures. Shandy, left arm over the wicket oh! to Bairstow, who spoons the ball around the corner. Sort of fine sweep, but it was in the air for a while, and Geedy does brilliantly. Big man chasing the ball down to uh, the fence at uh, fine leg. Flicks it back, crashes into the advertising hoardings, and then gets to his feet and flings the ball back in. Two points. Two points. It was a risky shot from uh, Johnny Bairstow. There wasn't a massive amount of pace on the ball, and it ballooned up in the air, really. Lungidi does uh, good work. Good work from a big man. Lungidi looks as though he's put a bit of weight on. You know, he looks as though there's a, there's a lot of Lungidi now, as well as Shamsi's a fair size. Oh! Big spin from Shamsi, and Stokes square cuts it away to uh, Rabada, having the fence on the offside. Ben what? Stokes won't mind this situation, though, will he? I mean, it, he won't be looking at the three wickets down. He'll just look at it and go, well, I've got a lot of time. I can actually take some time and get myself in so I can make it up at the back end of the inning. From a selfish point of view, from Ben Stokes, he'd be saying, right, I've got, I've got that. I've got that time. This is when I'm at my best. You know, when I have got a little bit of time, I can get myself in. I'm not bothered about the situation at this minute in time. I'll make up that, that up nearer the end of the game. Again, uh, orthodox uh, left arm leg break into the pad of uh, Johnny Bairstow. Tiny bit of turn. And uh, that is the end of the seventh over. England are 40 for three. Roy, Butler and Milan are all back in the hutch. It's uh, the red peril for England and Stokes and Bairstow out in the middle. And uh, up here in the commentary, it will be Andrew McKenna. Oh! Thanks very much, Butch. Oh, the power play, real difference. And you can tell straight away there's numerous stats you can look at, but in the six overs of England's power play, 20 dot balls were played compared to only 12 in South Africa's innings. Eight more, over and over worth of uh, dot balls, Steve Harmison. Those all add up. They do add up, but the one thing I will say about this batting unit that England have got, yes, the bat all the way down. They've got two players in at this moment in time who won't panic. Bestow and Stokes. Bestow might feel as though there's a little bit of pressure on him and his place in the side because he's playing in a, not in a familiar place, but Stokes will not panic. He will give himself the best chance possible, and even if he has to get 15 and over off the last three or four, he will back himself to do so. So, you know, the one good thing about England is they've got two calm, calm characters at the crease at the moment. Left-handed Stokes facing Linda. This one he's uh, trying to carve out on the offside. Doesn't time it, under edge through to the keeper and there is no run. England set 180 for victory. That was nine and over at the outset. They're currently scoring at 5.7, which means the required rate is up at 10.7. So it's increased a whole over one and a half runs and over. Stokes waits deep in his crease for Linda, but can't beat Klassen at uh, extra cover, and there is no run. Two for two for Linda, it remains. Yeah, he's bowled well, bowled very well. I don't think Stokes will be too worried about the run rate at this moment in time, but I think he'll be trying to put some pressure back on to this young South African spin bowler. Left arm around the wicket, oh, he fires that one outside of off stump. Stokes gives himself a little bit of room, carves it through the offside, and it will beat Razi van der Dussen out on the uh, 
her cover boundary and run away for four. And Shamsi will go in once again. Left arm over Besso has taken this into the length side. He's got plenty on it and he's got good carry and it's on to the grass bank. Second six of the over and Johnny Vesto moves to 23. England moved to 61 for three. A little momentum shifter again, Johnny. He's, he's sensing that Shamsi. He's not a confident when he's under pressure. A little bit like Adil Rashid in the early days in his first few games. When, you know, when you're not quite getting the grips of the ball and they're going to put pressure on this young spinner. What he's done there, he's bowled a wide. He's hit the next ball for six, the next ball for six. Now let's see what Shamsi's made of. Can he come back? With a, with a ball which potentially can either get Besto off strike or will Besto just keep going. I've, he's gone for, he's gone, he's hit him for 12, he's got 13 off the over. Does Besto say, right, this gets our start back. If I can hit him one more big boundary, then that, that power player then go, comes back in our favour. Back to that in a minute as Linda starts a new over. Stokes has, well, tried to lash it over the leg side, but gets it right on the cue end. Uh, he's going to need chalk for that snooker cue uh, and uh, basically cloths it out for a single on the leg side. And Ben Stokes is furious with himself, 66 for three. He's furious with himself because, again, like we said before, the Lindo's bowling such a length and trying to turn the ball hard into the pitch of a back of a length and it seems very very difficult to time the ball hit the ball down the ground he can't get to him down the ground because he's bowling too short so he's sitting right back and he just can't quite time the ball into mid wicket Linda is in best though pushing out on the offside oh well well fielded by uh, Pete Van Billion at uh, point and uh, he saves more runs Bairstow gets a single, goes to 26, England 67 for three. The other thing about it is, you know, the more I see it, I'm now thinking, why is Faf Duplessis going at it one-handed? Because actually, it wasn't that high, and he didn't really need to jump. So, uh, unfortunately, every replay they show, it starts to look worse and worse for him. Stokes goes into the leg side. This time he's got hold of one for uh, Linda, and that is going to travel all the way. Let's give that 10 rows back into the seats. It goes for a maximum. Stokes goes to 18. England 73 for three in the 10th. Fantastic back by ben Benjamin Stokes. He's given himself some room there. He's gone back into his crease and said, right, if I can't get to you, I'm going to let you come to me. He sat himself right back, got himself in a position early, head in a, head in a good place, and let his hands go through the ball. The one thing about Lindo there, he'll be disappointed. He'd give Ben Stokes just a little bit more room outside off stump than he would like. Ben maybe he's met it a little bit himself, yeah, just outside off stump. A little bit too much into the arc. Fantastic shot there by Ben Stokes. England now 75 for three once a... Uh, they reach the halfway stage. So uh, Steve Harmison has uh, has moved out. Gareth Batty has uh, moved into the uh, summarizers' uh, position. Uh, and to pick up on the point, uh, we'll come back to it in a second uh, because Angidi is already on his way for the first ball of the 11th over. Bairstow makes his way down the pitch to meet it, turns his wrist on it, turns it through square leg, but it will only be a, set, a single on this occasion. 76 for three. The fact that Linda has bowled as many overs as he has in, in the first half of the innings. Yeah, and it, it just showed uh, that, that having that, that finger spin option, not just all wrist spin, Thank shows you, that generally it's leg spin that spin the ball more, but uh, Harmy made the great point that uh, Linda's almost double 
the amount of movement off the surface because he's tall and he's driven it into the surface, a bit more direct than sometimes the wrist spinners get. And he's got more purchase. It's been very difficult um, for England to hit off his length. Very good afternoon to TalkSport listeners. Back with us once again here on TalkSport 2. You join us as Ben Stokes is cracking of delivery from Lungi Ngidi out to the cover sweeper as England take a single. They're trying to make 180 to win this game. They're just over the halfway stage of their innings. 77 for three. Ten overs and two balls have been bowled. Stokes has 20. Bairstow, 28. And if you want to make sure that you stay with us throughout the course of this game then download the app get your DAB radio fired up fire up talksport.com or of course just get your smart speaker to play talksport 2 hopefully you'll stay with us for a bit because Johnny Bairstow's looking in good touch and Johnny Bairstow has turned this one and given it an absolute clattering and there's very few people in this ground but there's about three TV technicians at square leg on the grass bank and he's managed to scatter them as Johnny Bairstow cracks the six over uh, square leg he moves to 34 England 83 for three and it's spin again that Quentin de Kock turns to this time the uh, the right arm off spin of uh, Heinrich Klaassen who uh, pulls a, a violent stroke from Ben Stokes but fields it off his own bowling for no run Klaassen in once again round the wicket and Stokes oh. has absolutely destroyed that ball it's kind of it's not a it's not a vertical stroked bat it's a cross batted stroke but it's a straight hit it has flown 20 rows back over long on and Ben Stokes and Cape Town have uh, a love love thing going because <laughs> <laughs> every time he turns up at this ground he just puts on a show for everybody albeit there's nobody there <laughs> love love me do <laughs> what a shot it's kind of a, a straight back lap slog isn't it I mean it's a wonderful shot Klassen's gone up out of the hand you just can't do that to world-class strikers and England have two of the very best here on shore and that, I mean it up out of the hand he doesn't even watch the ball it just flies into row Z with minimal effort but uh, what a shot. It seems like a bit of a gamble here from Quinton de Kock going for part-time spin against these two wonderful strikers. 100 up for England, 102 for three. 78 required from 46. Clarkson, oh, clever this time, follows Ben Stokes. Much flatter down the leg side and Ben Stokes ends up on his backside as he attempts to swing that one away over backward square leg. No run. The spinners' union needs to say this is a batter bowling spin. He needs to outthink Ben Stokes. He's not going to outskill him because he probably doesn't have the skill to do that. But if he outthinks him like he did there, he's a chance. Again, a bit oh. more air this time. This and, uh, gets away oh, with a, a shin high full toss. Stokes would have come back for two, but Johnny Bairstow uh, has uh, slipped at the, uh, the striker's end, and England will have to settle for a single. is building into a terrific run chase here and I suppose this is Gareth Batty the uh, illustration of England's batting depth he's three down in the power play and for most teams that's curtains but England are now almost favourites to win it from here as uh, Clarsen stays around the wicket to the right-handed Bairstow gets it up in the block hole and Bairstow digs it out and uh, the England pair cross for a single exactly what I was talking about class he's gone around the wicket and he's gone full at off stump he's not giving any width to Johnny Bairstow that's bowling like a batter to an extent but I, I feel that England they're batting they feel like they can win from any position and this is no different to normal for England oh Stokes oh that's so good 
That is so, so good. He's just, it's a sweep shot, but without going down on the back leg. He's just kind of stood there and the arms arc around in, in a sweep shape. And somehow he's managed to get enough power to lift it all the way over backward square leg for six. It's an extraordinary stroke. It really is. Gareth Batty, explain it better than I can. I'm not sure I can. The ball has almost <laughs> passed him. So he's catching up on the ball where normally you don't generate any power. But he's absolutely flown into the Sunfoil um, signboarding. That's, it beggars belief how you can get the power catching the ball up like he did there. That's incredible batting. Other cooking oils are available. Uh, Zingland rattle on to 110 <laughs> for three from uh, 13 overs. And uh, now all of the thinking to be done is that of uh, Quentin de Kock. England 70 from 42. Again, it's, a, it's an equation that would have had the, uh, the, the, the players of another era absolutely quaking in their boots. But at the moment, England feel as though all of the momentum is with them. What does uh, de Kock decide to do. Linda is finished. He has uh, the brilliant figures on debut of two for 20 from his four overs. Lungi Ngidi has the other two wickets. Uh, sorry, one wicket, one for 17. And it is Buren Hendricks who is uh, charged with trying to break this partnership, which is now uh, 76. Buren Hendricks on uh, no relation, of course, to the great Jimmy, whose 78th birthday it would have been today. 27th November 19. Uh, 42. Slower ball from him goes through to the cock and there's no run. But uh, Bairstow drags this one over mid-on, who's up inside the circle. He hasn't timed it perfectly. Hendricks doesn't look particularly pleased, but he collects a boundary off the final ball of the over. Johnny Bairstow, he goes to 51 from just 30 deliveries. It's been a sparkling innings from him. Can he manage it at number four? Well, yes, he can, is the definitive answer. England 119 for three from 14. Can he ever? Johnny Bairstow, when he feels like he's got a point to prove, he never, ever disappoints for England. We saw a wonderful 100 in Sri Lanka in Test cricket. Now he's come in, probably the hardest form of the game, to change up and be a bit more expansive, batting at four, which he wouldn't have done very often in 2020 cricket. And he's just made it look so easy. He's played proper shots, he's shown power, he's shown skill, and he's shown temperament as much as anything. He is the real deal. Certainly is his sixth uh, T20 international 50. The rest would have all come at the top of the order. I suppose one thing in Johnny Bairstow's favour is that he was in inside the power play and lost three wickets in that uh, power play. So he's had a bit of time. Stucks down the ground. Oh my goodness me! He's picked out the man at long on. It was a short delivery from Shamsi. It was a poor ball in truth. Ben Stokes cannot believe it. He has dragged it to the man of the hour for uh, South Africa. George Lind is having an absolutely sensational debut. He takes the catch. South Africa have broken the partnership between Bairstow and Stokes. And uh, at 119 for four, the game is back in the balance. Yep, South Africa back in it, bang on, Butch. <laughs> it's that same old thing, a bit of a drag down, a bit of a... Well, it's a ball, he's not trying to ball, he's dragged it down. He could probably smack it anywhere in the ground. Stokes may be trying to be too precise and just hit it on the floor in the gap rather than just smacking it out of the stadium. Finds a wide long on. Disappointed for Stokes. He played so well with Johnny Bairstow. It was a wonderful partnership. Got 37 off 27. But now this is definitely game on. This is where South Africa will feel. They've still got some overs in the tank, tank from Rabada, their best bowler. They'll feel like they just want to get a bit of a squeeze on England now because it won't be easy for the new batsman coming in. Although... We do have the captain, Owen Morgan, who is in frighteningly good form. 
on the back of the last year, 18 months, if we're being honest. Oh, well, that's, that's an absolute a shocker. <laughs> that is the worst ball of the innings by some comfortable margin. Hendricks has fired it miles wide down the leg side, unreachable. Uh, Quentin de Kock just watched it go by. That is a shocker. I think at that point, Butch, you think I should come in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't that wide. <laughs> No, it wasn't. It wasn't quite that wide, but it was. Uh, it was an absolute shocker. You know, say that the, the, the ball is reverse swinging, and you want to get it full, but that was. I think mine was two pitches away. That was about one and a half. That's nearly no ball. It's give England. It's give England five runs. Yeah, almost a no ball for not pitching uh, on the cut strip. Owen Morgan has lifted this. Oh, what Six. a shot from the England captain! That's extraordinary. He's just opened his body a little bit. And without seeming to hit it too hard, has lofted it over mid-wicket between long on and uh, deep mid-wicket for six. What a strike from the England skipper and what a time to do it. Hendricks is under big, big pressure now. Yeah, no, he's put himself under the pump. I mean, the ball's reversing. He's got everything in his favour and he's just not executing or care. In the air, and that's gone. <laughs> Owen Morgan has picked out uh, the fielder at mid-wicket off the bowling of Lungi and Gidi. It's Tempo Vavuma with the catch. The England skipper really find his uh, straps out there in the middle. And Gidi is still in there fighting. South Africa is still in there fighting. But uh, the England skipper has gone for 12. It's 159 for five now here on TalkSport 2. Well, but, but the, the, the comments we've been making about how to bowl on this surface is exactly that. You know, Nagidi, he's run up first ball. He's bowled it sort of back of a length, run his fingers across the seam, a little off-cutter, and he's stuck in the pitch. That's what's been happening throughout this whole 2020 game. Once people have been, bowlers have been chuckling in the middle of the pitch, it's been difficult to time. South Africa maybe has got lost in their ways because they've seen the ball reverse swinging, they've gone for the full ball, and they've given a few free hits. They should have stuck to their game plan. It's worked for this time for the England captain, but is has the horse bolted? Is it too late now for South Africa to get back in this test? This 2020 international. In goes the it's a slow ball, off cutter, wide Long, from Sam um, Curran. Six. Oh my goodness me! Steve Armisen called it. <laughs> Sam Curran seemed to come off the toe end of the bat. It was wide. It was a slow ball, and Sam Curran has swatted it over long on for six. Extraordinary what strike! What a shot! He's had no right to hit this. He's got. It was beaten for pace and it's hit it off. Is there anything this young man can't do? <laughs> Open the bowl and give him a brand new ball. I'll get a wicket in the first over. Bring me into this team. I've been playing Chennai Super Kings, MS Tony. What can I not do? <laughs> wow, what a shot. When your team needs the boundary, he's delivered it. Beanie in once more. Bairstow standing in front of all three stumps. Shot. The bat in the air. <laughs> he has smashed it, smoked it, absolutely crunched it over long on. It's in the building side. Shot. England are in front in the three-match series. Bairstow punches the air, removes his helmet, shakes the hand of uh, Sam Curran and of the uh, opposition. And that is an emphatic victory from England. They have pulled it out of the fire, having lost three wickets cheaply in the power play and win by five wickets uh, with plenty of deliveries to spare. Johnny Bairstow, take a bow.
Hello and welcome to the following on podcast as England take a 1-0 lead in the three-match T20 series over in South Africa. Gareth Batty, Alfonso Thomas and uh, Steve Harmison uh, join me to uh, run the rule over the first T20. Steve, I'll start with you. Um, England, in terms of their selection and the way that they've set their side out, um, how close do you feel that they are to what would be their number one or their first choice side uh, if this were the World Cup starting this weekend? Yeah, I think they've got the right people out there. It's just get, getting people in the, in the in the right order and the right right row. I think the the batting unit. I think you could chuck anybody in one to five and say right off you go because they're all comfortable playing playing in in them roles. Hence the way Johnny Bairstow played. The, the the conundrum for me is what they do with a bowling unit, bowling attack, pierce on the ball, trying to get wickets early doors. Then I feel as though they've got three guys in the middle there that are very, very similar pace, try to do the same job, which is the ball in the pitch and take the take the pace off the ball in Sam. So that's Tom Jordan, Sam Curran, Tom Curran. Tom Curran. So yeah. I think it's it showed in this game we probably missed Mo and Ali. I still think you know we, if we we are one batter too many in a in a lineup. That's my own personal opinion. I think you could fit Mo in at six, and you've seen the way Sam Curran finished the game there at number seven, which gives us six out-and-out bowlers plus Ben Stokes because there seems to be a reluctance of Ben Stokes bowling in this in this lineup. You know, all you know, he only Morgan only used the five bowlers. So I still think there is there are questions to be answered, but they're good questions. They're good questions for England because the the players are are performing. There were some good performances. Yes, yeah, Milan didn't get any runs. Butler didn't get any runs, and Roy didn't get any runs. But that's going to happen in T20 cricket, especially with the likes of Rabada with a brand new ball. So all in all. Great start for England, um, and there might be some selection dilemmas, but I think actually they're good selection dilemmas for England to have. For sure, difficult uh, choices to make, but they're all choices of uh, of, of riches, you would say. Um, Gareth, a, a huge boost, a huge boon for uh, the think tank in the Owen Morgan and, and England's coaching staff that Johnny Bairstow in a new role at number four has come off straight away. Absolutely, um, and, and actually it's bought... One, uh, the development of the team a bit more time, but also Johnny Besto, you would suggest, unless he has an absolute nightmare run of 10 games, uh, is, is, is nailed down now for the 2020. Is another guaranteed banker player in a position and he will be given that amount of time to nail it down even more than what he already has done this evening. Um, I, I only see that as a positive. And if he keeps excelling in that role, it does give England the ability to leave a batter out potentially and get the extra bowling like Steve's talking about if they're reluctant uh, to get the volume of overs out of Ben Stokes if they're looking after his body and so on and so forth, which we totally understand. Um, you, you, answer, you asked Steve the question, is it what England are going to start with in India? I think they're going to need to get another spinner in somewhere. Um, and I think Moen needs to get in there somehow. Surely they'd, they'd just replace more than likely Tom Curran or one of the Curran brothers. Um, in the lineup that they had tonight, I mean the bowling lineup was was Sam Curran, Tom Curran, uh, Chris Jordan, Jofra Archer, and Adil Rashid. You'd you'd just replace one of those, wouldn't you? Potentially, but I, I truly believe, and we saw this evening uh, there were some harsh realities for South Africa with a couple of their bowlers that, that found it very difficult 
if you just go in with five out and out and, and Stokes is the reluctant one, I think I don't think you're winning a, a tournament with that. I think you need six solid options. So you can actually get the right person fitting the role that is designated on any single one of those games within the tournament. And I feel you're going to need six out and out options. I'm not saying that Ben isn't, obviously, but if the reluctancy is not to bowl him, they need to somehow get it in there. But I, I would imagine, uh, so not saying that you're wrong, but I would imagine that Stokes is... is is always going to be the, that sixth option. It's just a case of whether or not they feel they will need two spinners and, or, or five seam bowlers, which is what they've had tonight. So, I mean, the, the, the avenue is there for, for Moeen Ali to uh, play. Um, any any worries, gentlemen, about the uh, about the top order? I mean, J Jason Roy has gone a, 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 a fair old run now without uh, making making any runs in, the, in, in an England shirt. Um, and... The success of Johnny Bairstow at number four, whilst fantastic because it's a new role that he's been given, do you guys imagine that Johnny would perhaps prefer to be up top despite what he's done today? And does that mean that Jason Roy is looking over his shoulder? Yeah, I think so. I think I think each and every player has got to be looking over the shoulder because of how good this side is and the people that are on the sideline. And I'll throw two names that aren't in this squad who I think will come in contention when it comes to tournament play, and that's Joe Root, the England Red Bull captain and Chris Wokes, who was a very, very fine 2020 player. So, you know, the competition for players is there. Whether the you know, the pressure is to, on Jason Roy at this minute in time, the England management staff love Jason Roy. The England captain loves Jason Roy. I think he backs Jason Roy to the hilt and I think he'll stick with him. And I think it's done him a favour by giving Johnny, getting Johnny in into that, into that team. So into the, that middle order. Has it muddied the waters a little bit? Possibly. Is it a good thing for England to have? Yes, it is. I still think it comes down to strong leadership because once this third T20 international is finished, I don't think Owen Morgan and the England, England uh, management group are going to are going to have the luxury of having this squad of players together until they get out to India in October when the, when the, when the business stuff starts. Sorry, the, the the one question maybe that that Jason needs to answer is is this left arm spin thing? It, it's a, it's gathering momentum around the media world and, and opposition, and we do analyse massively as as teams now, and it's gathering momentum. He needs to address that, particularly with the World Cup being in India. That would be a, a question mark that needs answering. Okay, right. We'll uh, we'll hear more from uh, Steve Gareth and uh, Alfonso Thomas on the uh, South African perspective. But first, let's uh, head out to uh, Neil Manthorpe, who has uh, Johnny Besto with him. Johnny, well done. Um, it was 34 for three, and most teams consider consolidating at that stage, but that's not the way England play their cricket. Um, no, it doesn't seem to be that way, does it? Um, and I think that that's the um, amazing thing we've got about this group. Uh, like you say, we were 30 for three, and um, we know the strength and depth that we've got in our batting lineup. Uh, we know that we can uh, go out and, and play freely in, in the way that we want to, target certain bowlers, target... Um, certain overs uh, and look luckily it was my day today and uh, I'm, I'm delighted you've played many such innings for England and for other teams around the world but there are still some shots that you play and you think wow is your game still developing are you, are you still learning to hit the ball in different places in different ways um, yeah and that's the that's the beauty of it I think that my game is is evolving and um, and improving I think that uh, I genuinely believe that my my best cricket is still ahead of me um, because the experiences that you gain from playing in the IPL, uh, which I have done over the last couple of years, um, will definitely stand me in good stead in, in white ball cricket, uh, but also uh, playing against different people from around the world um, uh, on the highest uh, pressure stages, like in the IPL, like in the World Cups, um, like in Test cricket, is, is only going to enhance 
uh, your game and look I, I feel like I am evolving with, with my game um, and hopefully the form can continue. Would you like to open or are you happy at four or, or what about flexibility for, amongst several of you? Oh, look I think that the beauty of our batting lineup is that you could throw um, six or seven names up in the air and whatever uh, way they fall I think that you could walk out in um, so whether or not you're, you're batting at four you're opening you're batting at six um, as long as you're playing in the in the team, contributing and and winning games of cricket for England, that's that's the main thing, and that's the that's the bit that we're wanting to build towards, um, leading into uh, this next World Cup, and that's the first step today. And finally, do you believe that England have an intimidating factor and presence now? And is that something you, when you get opposition under pressure, or or when they think they've got you under pressure, the way you bounce back so powerfully? Do you think that's intimidating? I don't know. You'll have to ask the opposition. <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, the guys are putting in performances. Um, consistently um, and they're putting in match winning performances consistently whether that be with the ball or with the bat uh, and that's the exciting thing for this group of players. Thank you uh, very much Manners. Uh, now let's get the uh, the South African perspective. Yeah it's, a, it's, it's always very special uh, as I hear it uh, doesn't matter how many how many times you've done it I think um, the time away from the game certainly for me I can only speak for myself but really made me uh, miss the game of cricket again so you know to come back and to play for the protest um, for me will um, is still just as special as it always has been especially um, against a quality uh, team like England so yeah this whole week I've been buzzing just to be back into the setup buzzing in my hotel room um, which has been great but buzzing nonetheless. Thank you very much uh, Neil Manthorpe uh, good time to bring in uh former South Africa international Alfonso Thomas. Um, what did you make of South Africa's uh, team selection and their performance this evening? Um, some positives because uh, at one point they were favourites to win the game. It was a, a pour over from Buren Hendricks that perhaps cost them it, but that shouldn't overshadow what otherwise was a pretty decent run out from them. Yeah, no, of course not. I mean, um, if I look at my notes, the few positives that stand out to me was Duplessis' form and the Cox form. I think from a batting side of things, if they look at that again, they would probably want one of those guys to do what Bairstow did, just kick on and go and get you that 80-plus that actually wins you a game, you know. Uh, uh, if you look at Fav got out when he wasn't 50-odd and the cock got out when he wasn't 30-odd or whatever he got. And so, yeah, certainly from a batting point of view, they would like one of those two senior guys to go on and kick on and get them the big score. I think from a bowling point of view, George Linder, you know, there's a young kid on debut who bowled fantastically well, absolutely brilliant. Um, he took two for 25 or whatever, but it was a two for 20. And then I also think KG Rabada was good tonight. From a negative point of view, I think there wasn't a big score of 80 plus, as I said, and South Africa would probably look at Shamsi that they would have thought was going to be big for them tonight. He just wasn't the kind of bowler that we all thought he might be. And then, of course, that big over of, um, I think it was Hendrick that went for 28. You know, to me, he was just trying to get too funky, just trying too many things. Just keep it very simple. Just keep it very simple. Just try and take it as deep as you can and well, see what happens. But you're always going to play catch-up if you are going to concede over of 28 runs. Uh, Heinrich Nokia was a, a real success in the uh, in the IPL recently and uh, you know, certainly hurried up a few of the England bats, but in the uh, earlier part of the year, you expect to see him in the uh, the second 
T20 international, wouldn't you? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. If I also look at the warm-up game that they played in Paul, there was a lot more pace in that wicket. So I've, I can only imagine that they would probably leave out of Shamsi after the debut of um, George Linder. And you would probably look at Andrik Norkia coming in for that. You know, and that all of a sudden gives you the pace attack of Lungiungiri, Kahis Robara, and obviously Norkia, and then you throw in George Linder. Then they probably want to decide whether they want to keep Buren Hendricks for another game, or do they go with Andile Pechlokwayo, or they could probably chuck in the Dwayne Pretorius if they want to extend their batting lineup a little bit and use him as another bowler. But I think. I think Pretorius has got in the hamstring, hasn't he? I think he might be out for the out for the rest of the series. So their their options are are slightly limited. Yeah. I think I, I would suppose in that. But um, I suppose you can't legislate for a guy going for 28 off one over <laughs> when you've got the game in the bag. Um, Alfonso, no, thanks sure. very much, Steve. I'll leave the the last word um, with you. Uh, England will be largely happy with tonight. There's a little bit of ring rust, and that's only to be expected. Um, do you see them making making any significant changes to this 11? Alfonso's just said that the pitch in, in Pal um, perhaps will have a bit more grass on it. Does that mean that the door stays closed for Moe and Ali? What would you do, if anything at all? I think I'd like to see a, a pierce on the ball. I would like to see a wicket-taking option in that first six. Bats is killing himself laughing and, and me wanting to get my... You know, he talks about his current boys. I've got Mark Wood in my boy. <laughs> I think England need a, a wicket, another wicket-taking option in that first six. And I think if they've got Pierce on the ball at par, Pierce on the wicket at par, I think that would be a good option. But also think it would be a good option as well if there is a bit of Pierce in it. That Mo and Ali comes into it as well because, you know, we've all seen how 2020 goes. If you've got two decent spinners that work well in tandem, it does squeeze that middle, middle period. And I think that was where, you know, both sides... I think England missed a trick in that in that middle period when Faf Duplessis and uh, Quentin de Kock. So there, there was a, a good performance. I would like to see Wood play because I think he gives you a wicket-taking option in that first six. Um, and but it, you know, again, we talk about how difficult it is to get in this side. It's a fantastic cricket team and one we should all be proud of. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 